Welcome to The One About Careers with Devin and Sarah Jane, a career podcast for adults involved with teens navigating life after high school. We help you help your teens make informed education and career decisions by providing quality information and resources. Join us for weekly bite-sized conversations covering various aspects of careers, including insights from professionals in different fields. New episodes available every week at theoneaboutcareers.com. Welcome back to The One About Careers. We are at episode 14 now, and uh, as we (laughs) so graciously teased in our last episode, uh, we are shifting today into talking about education. Um, This is definitely an area where I have about a million and one opinions um, because I worked in education and obviously a lot of the people I work with, education is very forefront in their minds. Um, But in a lot of different places, Sarah Jane, I've heard you talk about pathways after high school. I've heard you talk about so many different options and people think there's really only one viable option. So I'm going to actually toss it to you right away to say, what do we mean when we talk about education after high school? Oh man. So I'm a little like, ah, because there's so many things, right? There's so many things. So in often in high school, we talk about uh, post-secondary education, which means university or college could be apprenticeship. Um, what never gets talked about is um, the kind of education that really takes a very short period of time. That could be something like a personal support worker or a DZ license or um, a real estate license, like like completely out of the box. And so the thing that I always want to start with is why, what's your goal for going to going, going further in education? Um, Not because I want to be rude, but because really this is the answer to this question is key. Cause a lot of people say, well, it's to get a job. Oh, but then Mm -hmm. they never look at the institution they're going to, to see if it connects to an actual, if they're well-recognized if employers hire from them, if they're actually teaching the things that are relevant today. Um, So it's like, why are like, drives me insane. Um, And they don't even know that there are some universities that actually will return your tuition if you do not get a job within your industry within six months. This is true. So when you start to talk about education, what do you, where do you, where do you even start? Or do you like, yeah, where do you start that conversation? Or what do you want to say about it? That uh, I'm definitely with you on the why. Um, And study after study after study will tell you that post-secondary students consistently report that the reason they are at university is to prepare, prepare for a career. Um, and they haven't even looked at graduate employment statistics. Um, for me, it's, it comes out of all of those conversations that have happened already, the interests, the skills, the aptitudes, the, what kinds of projects and assignments do you like to do? Um, I find it endlessly fascinating 
when people tell me that they're interested in science and they want to become an engineer, but they've never considered pursuing a skilled trade. Um, I find it fascinating. Even the whole conversation I mentioned a couple episodes about like people working in the NBA who didn't make it as players in the NBA. There's kind of this natural leap of like, but I still like basketball. So it has to be attached to that. And, uh, naturally the next place people go is like sports business if they don't get into a sport. Um, but again, it's looking at what is the actual education you need to get there because you can do college or university to do those. Um, and particularly now coming out of the pandemic, there was a lot less opportunity for students over the past few years to do co-ops, whether in high school or in post-secondary, to be able to really get a sense of what the workplace looks like. And so you have very often people blindly making education decisions. And I say blindly because they don't have any of the information they need to actually make an educated decision. You know, it's, well education, you know, university is job training. Well, no, it's not. <laughs> it's absolutely not. Um, but it's looking at, for me, it's always the process of, okay, you're interested in, let's say, thing one, thing two, and thing three. What are then the different routes to get there? Because it's not just even the pathway that you pick. It's how can you mix and match the pathways to maximize your skill development, minimize the amount of tuition you're paying, and get to the place that you want to as efficiently as possible. So this is a conversation that takes place over many, many different um, sessions and from a few different directions as well. Absolutely. I love the fact you, you talked about co-op, you know, and it's that, yeah. so, so essentially what happens is you have academic semesters and you have semesters where you're actually in a real life workplace and when we're talking about, you know, individuals wanting to stay at the same employer for all of their life, this is a great opportunity to try out an employer. And it's a great opportunity for an employer to try out an individual to see if they are a match for the future. Uh, and it doesn't cost either one that much. So it's absolutely brilliant. But we don't talk a lot about, you know, does your institution offer co-op? Have you considered institutions that offer co-op? Or as you said, you know, other pathways. One of the things I love about, there's a software called Career Cruising, which lots of high schools have access to. And if you look at a particular career path, they have interviews usually with one male and one female. And one of the questions in that is, how did you get to where you're at? And in that are some hidden gems about how people do pathways. Uh, because there are other avenues to get to places that we don't necessarily think about. And we're about to enter, and I hope and believe we're entering into a really remarkable time where when we're thinking about diversity and equity uh, and artificial intelligence. So why am I talking about all those three when we're talking about education? Because here's the thing. We are at a point where we're starting to create uh, software that can read through resumes and pick up. So say you were a human who happened to raise six children. Guess what? There's probably some skills you have in there that you didn't go to university to, for because you were too damn busy raising six children, um, but you have the skills that are needed to do X job. And so software starting to pick this kind of information up and make these 
uh, ideas about what are those skills. You're seeing in job ads, although you might see degree or equivalent. Mm -hmm. So we're starting to go, wait a minute, maybe there's another pathway. And right now there's a lot, there's investments in a variety of different avenues to do with micro-credentialing. Mm -hmm. You want to chat a little bit about that or do you want me just to go with it? <laughs> I mean, a micro-credential is literally what it sounds like, right? Instead of being a full degree or diploma or certificate or whatever, it's typically uh, anywhere from two to five courses bundled together and they give you a specialization within a particular industry. So um, one I always like to use as an example is like, let's say you're in healthcare, maybe you're a nurse or you are um, some kind of imaging specialist, something like that. You could get a micro-credential in um, data management. Right. And so it's all about efficiently managing patient files, um, communicating that effectively through hospital administrations, all these kinds of stuff. And what comes out of it is you get sort of a, usually it's just a little electronic badge. And so you can pop that onto your resume, you can pop it onto your LinkedIn, anything like that. Um, and yeah, those, they were starting to get, they were starting to become a thing. And then the pandemic hit and the whole micro-credential world like blew up, you know, it was it was a perfect opportunity because so many people were laid off or seconded and whatever else going, okay, how do I, I don't really have the time or the money because I don't know when I'm going back to work or what's happening. I can't commit to a four-year program or even a one-year program, but I can commit to taking three courses and getting this micro-credential. And so the whole industry just blew up. So you can find them everywhere. Exactly. So some of them are free. Um, yeah. Some of them um, cost a little bit of money, but they can also they can help you to go into a different career path. So say I love your example of the imaging. So say for whatever reason, you no longer necessarily want to work with the imaging machines, but you want to work more in records management or data management or client files. Um, you can now move within a healthcare setting into a different department or area because of that little piece of credentialing. Uh, the other thing I was going to say about, oh, so um, I'm going to put a link to something called GCF Learn Free, uh, which is a website where you can learn all sorts of things. Again, it can be that little stepping stone. The other thing, I am in love with public libraries. And public libraries actually pay for access to things. So one of the micro-credentialing things that often happens is, is there's this LinkedIn, it's called LinkedIn Learning. LinkedIn is the social media platform and there are courses on it. And uh, lots of libraries have paid for subscriptions. And if you are a library member, you can use, get in and use one of those courses. Like, oh, so think about your public library. And if you're, if you're going, I have no clue. Awesome. Go to your library, talk to someone at the information desk and uh, see what they can provide you with because you would be, amazed we do not have to spend money um on the, the education the other piece i wanted to say is you know find out what is happening in the education is it hands-on is it lecture is it all online and is that good for you because you know we all know a lot of stuff went online and wasn't necessarily a good idea during the pandemic. Like if you're going to be a plumber, I'm sorry. Online yeah. stuff will help you so far. Yep, absolutely. 
Yeah, it's very, uh, and I mean, we can get pretty sticky into learning styles and stuff if you, uh, <laughs> people want to do that. But I mean, that is like, if you know, you were bored out of your tree in high school, having people talk at you and I've absolutely had these conversations with clients where they're like, listen, I'm not the person who's going to sit there and be lectured. And then two breaths later, they're telling me about this university program they want to get to. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back the truck up here a little bit. What did you just say? <laughs> you know, and it's, um, it's really a good idea to do that gut check. Um, you know, the one thing I say to people is I'm always amazed at how quickly people jump on the university bandwagon um, with not a lot of information about programs and stuff, but it's that kind of stuff that it will be the sticking point. You know, what kind of, how do they deliver the education? And, you know, if you're somebody who has huge test anxiety, it's probably not awesome to be in an environment where your entire mark in a semester is based on a midterm and a final, you know, 50% midterm, 50% final. That's not a great place for you to be. And those are definitely questions people don't ask about things um, is how is the learning delivered? And also how are you assessed in the program and in the courses for sure? Those are great points. And in my book, I do an example of a conversation with an, a client that I actually had around who's interested in healthcare. And wasn't sure, you know, which avenue to go. And so in the book, I talk about, you know, sort of what I would call a micro-credentialing or a smaller kind of course, as opposed to a two-year college, as opposed to a four-year university to do nursing. And the decision, you know, all the different things that she needed to consider in order to go to make a decision about that. Nowadays, there's a really cool thing, too, that's happening with partnerships between colleges and universities and you can do two years at college guess what they cost you less money than two years at university mm -hmm. and then you enter into the third year of a four-year program at university you're now only paying university tuition for three and four years i'm not a mathematician but by golly i understand that math you know, the interesting thing here i have like my i'm going to excuse myself for a moment because my undergrad is in geography so i'm nerdy but demographics. But um, the one thing I think a lot of people did not see coming in terms of education changes, and this is something I've been watching, and I feel like I'm the only person who talks about it. It's the demographic change. Like if you look at super nerdy, our population pyramid, um, what you'll notice is that for people under the age of 50 in Canada, the it's kind of wobbly looking, like we have a bit of a muffin top situation going on there. And literally between people who are currently sitting in their mid to late 20s and people who are in their mid to late teens, there's about a three or 4% drop in the size of the population. And when I look at it, I was a college recruiter for quite a few years. And when I look at it from that perspective, you're literally recruiting from a pool of people that has shrunk and it's been shrinking for years and years and years. And, you know, so it's interesting where people have this perspective, I think of like, if you don't go to university, you're going to miss out on something. Or if you don't do post-secondary right out of high school, you're going to miss something. And the truth is, because of the way our demographics have been shifting in this country, universities and colleges in particular have had to get really creative about how they recruit people and where they find them because they do not have a huge pool of high school kids to pull from anymore. And so you have more and more programs that are being designed to pull people from college and university programs that are already existing. So you have graduate studies that it's like, oh, if you have two years of college, come do this program or whatever it is. You also have a lot more programs that are targeted at working professionals and they're delivered 
remotely, hybrid, whatever the situation is, because they understand that in your 30s, in your 40s, in your 50s, you might want to upskill, but you can't just take four years off work and go do a degree. So they figured out how to do it for you. And the other thing is, it's not a one and done. No. As you just alluded to, is that we're looking at, oh, we're going to have to reskill anyway. The reality is, the skills that kids are going to or the knowledge, I should say, not the skills so much, but some of the knowledge pieces, right, are going to change so quickly that um, what exactly is going to make sense in five years will be different than what makes sense today. Yeah. And there's absolutely programs out there where you go into the fourth year of the program and what you learn in first year is already obsolete. You know, there's, it's impossible to keep up with it with sort of traditional modes of education. And it's a bit of a controversial opinion, but I often tell people that your goal, once you graduate from whatever that first credential is after high school, your goal should be to outgrow your credential as fast as possible. Commit to lifelong learning, keep, whether it's something informal in the workplace or you're actually, you know, going to workshops, going to weekend training sessions, whatever it is. And that's how you're going to stay ahead of the curve. It's not by you know, when you're in your mid thirties, you're still telling employers on your resume that you developed these great skills in whatever the credential was like, no, 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 no. You want to outgrow that as fast as possible. A hundred percent. Oh yeah. 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 You're, you're speaking, you know, I think Sing one of the, the chapters in my, exactly. One of the chapters in my book is to do with those, you know, all those things that we are, are miss essentially. Um, so we'll put a couple of links to a few things in our notes, of course, the GCF mm-hmm. learn free. I'll do a link to my book landing page where you can get a free copy of a chapter side if you think it's worth your time uh and oh the next uh the next <laughs> i'm always excited about our topic you really nerd. really love doing this i i'm such a career nerd um geeking right out because it's also something we never talk about people rarely 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 talk about let me leave you with that teaser uh, for next time on The One About Careers. Thanks for listening to The One About Careers podcast. You can catch up with past episodes at theoneaboutcareers.com. Join us next week for another bite-sized conversation.